for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. It's part three of our solo series, and like my grandpa would say, it's time to get down to the meat and taters. On our last show, we talked about the difficulties that come along with solo hunting. Shoot, as bow hunting public land elk hunters, we live for difficulties. Because, y'all, where there is a will, there is a way. So today's show is all about being prepared and overcoming if you really want to do a solo archery elk hunt. Up next, we have a ton of content, ideas, plans, tips to get her done, elk bro style. Those topics along with our elk bro shout outs. So my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkBros.com, with your host Gilbert Ornelas and elk hunting coach Joe Gillian. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello there, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And for those blue-collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas, the host of your show, coming to you from Spring, Texas, and from New Mexico, your elk hunting coach, Joe Gillia, and yes, none other than the kitty cult leader in Katy, Texas, <laughs> Mr. Luis Gonzalez. Uh, What's up, all right. Boys? We, we've got to hit it right away, especially, you know, if you guys aren't watching this on YouTube, you better get over there because, Gilbert, have you ever seen this before? What's that? Look at our boy's shirt, Luis. Yeah. I cannot believe he even has the shirt on because when it goes over his head, it's going <laughs> to hit the floor. It won't even touch his shoulders, Joe. 
So, 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 so if you're watching this on YouTube, please take a close look. You see that guy right there? You better stand on that up. shirt. You better That's... stand up, homie, because you only got yeah. about half showing. See, Guess... you need a body like mine to fill that thing up. Yes, who that? Yes, who that? Look at yeah, that. You're just jealous because you're not in none of our shirts yet. <laughs> yeah. this. That's what he, is, he is wearing his shirt Backwards, Backwards. Yep. <laughs> it's all about perspective, man, and you just got to show the right perspective at the right time. So, I'm well, sorry, you know, now ben, that I think about it, Gilbert... boys, man, he's representing boys. <laughs> now that I think man. about that's kind of how he hunted when I first met him. He kind of <laughs> backwards, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a style. Yeah, that's a style. Oh, my goodness, man. I love you, dude, man. Yeah, I know, brother. Yep. It's mutual, man. <laughs> I love the shirt, man. All the all the merch and everything's turned out fantastic, Jim. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and all you guys out there that have been uh, buying those Elk Bros shirts, those Elk Bros hats, sending us pictures um, of you guys wearing the stuff out there, uh, it is just so humbling it is so cool. It's 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 unreal at times to see that. So uh, big, huge thank you out there, well, Gilbert. I just wanted to say, man, um, social distancing. You know what? We started that, man. Our podcast. No <laughs> our, we've no been doubt. doing social yeah. distancing with this podcast since For the beginning, almost right? A year, yeah, no doubt. Hey, it's uh. You know, Joe, this is unprecedented. I've never seen something like this bring our country to its knees. Oh, uh, I know, man. And, and it is it is odd. Uh, I keep looking for something more, right? Right. Uh, what else is there that they're not telling us? You know, yeah. are we under a, a threat of some more that they're not telling us about? Right. right? Uh, I just have never seen something like this. I mean, you know, H1N1, you know, almost 2 million people had it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, I think I think there's just a a big fear of not knowing how to control agreed. it, right? I mean, that's that's agreed. to me kind of key there. And and comparatively with the flu and stuff, it's just that the the percentages of people that you know are affected. The fear here is like, how does it work afterwards? The people that do recover. You know, does it come back? It does again? it come yeah. back stronger? Do they do they leave with something left? Uh, you know, that that's going to impact them the rest of their lives. Yeah. It's just, just so many questions out there. And I think that's the unknown is really what's making this such a big deal. And, well, you know, you know I, I hope guys, I really hope it ends up because we have been doing what we've been doing, that we're not the Italy and we're not the China. And we do keep, you know, that from being something that terrorizes this country, like a lot of other places. So I think most yeah. importantly, uh, Joe, I, you know, if, if there's to be given any messages and just let's, let's be supportive. Let's yes. Help each Enjoy other. Enjoy your family. Let's, let's take keep, care let's of one keep, another. Let's keep a great attitude. Let's, you know, be conscious of, of the decisions that are being made. You know, even though some of the decisions may seem ridiculous to some of us, let's be respectful and let's try to do our yeah. best to kind of, let's not be selfish as far as thinking right. that something is dumb and you go out there because nothing's going to happen to you. It's not about you. It's about your Others family. You. It's yeah. about all the people around you. It's about Absolutely. the entire country and the entire world. Yeah. I mean, we got to stop thinking selfish, selflessly here and, and be very conscious and be supportive and help each other out. 
Well, it really changes yeah. a lot of perspectives, and I don't think that's a bad thing sometimes. I think, well, we know this has changed the world as, as it's going forward, right? right? And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of things that families are learning about themselves, uh, are learning <laughs> about their needs, learning about what we do as far as harvesting our own food out there. Uh, Man, yeah. There's huge messages in there. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's a whole bunch of those non-hunters out there that are wishing like heck they had a freezer full of elk meat. Yes, sir. You know, yeah. Because they can't hardly get it at H-E-B or Kroger or wherever you shop, yeah. Walmart. Yeah. Or, uh, and, it's put a strain on the whole country. And I think that's a great message, man, that this is a tough time. It's going to take all of us. So let's all of us get this done together. All right. Yeah. Exactly. One, one thing that I think is really uh a buddy of mine, Tony Casenza, which you guys yeah. know everybody's uh-huh. been praying for. He's back home doing really well, awesome. recovering, doing his therapy and stuff like that. And uh, Tony, we've been praying for you and pulling for you. So we're glad that you're on the mend. Uh, he sent me a deal from the uh, New York Times bestselling author, Dean Koontz. He wrote a book called The Eyes of Darkness in uh-huh. 1981. And on page 312, it talks about in 2020, a severe pneumonia-like I- illness will spread throughout the globe. Oh, geez. Uh, oh, man, <laughs> dude, it is eerie when you read it. I'll be darned. Uh, it's a I, crazy uh, <laughs> kind of uh, Nostradamic type, yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, deal, man. Uh, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, is this for real? So, yeah, do little snoops and stuff. Yeah, it's 100% for real. Oh, that's crazy, wow. man. Well, Joe, this hey. time in our show, you know what time it is. Shout out, shout out, shout out. If you're new to our show, these are just shout outs to a few cities with the most listeners topping our charts this week. And I'm, I'm going to, we're going to have Luis start this out, but before he does, I've got to give a shout out to two of our reviews um, from Dalton Heredia from Wyoming and the guitar hero out of Minnesota. Man. Uh, yeah. These guys left some great reviews for us on, uh, on, iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And um, cool. last week, man, we were rocking with those reviews. I don't know if we did a good job in these last, you know, I, I, I think we need to change what we're doing and talk about flowers, Gilbert, because <laughs> man, last week, man, we just didn't get that many reviews at all. So no, I'm just all kidding all aside, right. man. Appreciate it, you guys. All right. Absolutely. Luis. Yeah, man. Just wanted to give a quick special shout out to a good friend, Brandon Fox. Brandon is from Williston, North Dakota. We don't know any in Willis, nobody in Williston, North Dakota, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said that uh, he, he wrote a real nice letter about elk bros. No, he, he actually called me and left me a message oh, the other okay. day. And he's like, hey, man, you know, absolutely good stuff. I love the storytelling. Everything about it makes my day go uh, a little better. Tell them guys to keep doing what they're doing. Uh, he, he just loved the show and, you know, he's a big fan. So Luis and I have spent some time in Williston. That's, that's awesome. Sure. And I, and I want to thank you, bud. I, I want to thank him for, for, uh, you know, the, the phone message Luis. That's yeah. quality. All right. So, uh, hopefully there's no tongue twisters here, but, uh, ranked in t- 2015 as the number one place to live by money magazine. Or top listener spot was incorporated as a town in 1873. Its name comes from being the highest point on the Chatham Railroad, uh, running from Richmond, Virginia, to Jacksonville, Florida, and it's on the 
National Register Historic Places as one of the best examples of an intact turn-of-the-century railroad town of the Carolina Carolinas. Apex, North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apex. It was North, North Carolina, Carolina in the house. Tar yes, Heels, sir. Tar Heels State. Yes, sir. Love That's those fantastic. Carolinians, man. You betcha. Next up, Joe, originally inhabited by the Chickasaw Indians. Uh, our next city gets its name from an oxbow lake that looks like a big cow horn. Here, you can experience the Urban Air Adventure Park and take in the rockabilly rides or taste the incredible southern flavor of the Memphis Barbecue Company here in Horn Lake, Mississippi. Mississippi. Thank you, guys, man. Big shout out to Horn Lake. You were describing, I thought it was going to be a Texas town, man. (laughs) Cowhorn and Rockabilly Ride. That that was awesome, man. Uh, Our our third town on the list this week, Minnesota's 855th city, whose name is an Indian word meaning welcome water, is home to 13 miles of the Mississippi River and four miles of the Crow River, which provides for plenty of fishing, boating, and camping. It is also part of the Mississippi River Trail, I never even knew this existed, y'all, that can be followed along the Mississippi, Mississippi River all the way to the Gulf of Mexico had no idea that existed and this is none other than Otsego, Minnesota Otsego, Minnesota and they tell me there's so much water up there you can fish or get on every lake incredible listeners uh, up in Minnesota, we get so many uh, listeners from there, so guys thank you very much you bet home of the number one freshwater fishing port in Canada as well as the number one producer of peasant and tomatoes in Canada. In the 1850s, the city of Ontario was a center of anti-slavery activity and one of the northern stops on the Underground Railroad that brought fugitives of slavery to Canada. Descendants of thousands of these formerly enslaved people are an integral part of the local history and population. Chatham, Ontario. Chatham, Ontario, our brothers and sisters to the north in the house. And oh, guys, look, last time I gave Luis when he's here, I gave him a hard time. We go in there. And I, I want to apologize to Chatham because they are actually the number one producer of peas and tomatoes in Canada. <laughs> but because this boy can't type, it, it came out. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, you know man, you're, you know, you're not going to believe. I was like, man. Is that actually, does that actually with, make sense? I so actually, it, I actually Pheasants Googled it and tried to kind of play the pronunciation. I was like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to make sure I pronounce it right. So oh, even though it's misspelled, I pronounce Pheasant it the way it's spelled. <laughs> actually, they're number two producer carrots up there as well. I mean, this is an ag center up there. And carrots. Yeah, the, interesting right. that we got Ch- Chatham, Ontario, and then the Chatham Railroad. Yeah. So, yeah, they were huge. And and that's the thing I don't want to lose out of this, man, is that their history with the Underground Railroad was huge, that they still to this day have descendants of thousands that make up their communities there right now. And I mean, just that pride and that history and what they that they have there is pretty special. So I, I just want to make sure that. Uh, we don't miss that point because of my autocorrect and going to peasant. <laughs> <laughs> our boy, our boy Tucker, will be proud that Canada 
showed up in the in the shout outs. Hey, bro. Canada is cranking, man. They're our number one foreign country That's listening awesome. to Elk Bros out of the We appreciate it, guys, to to the north for sure. Tonight's last top listener city is bordered by eight bays. Burnett, Crystal, Scott, Mitchell, Black Duck, San Jacinto, Tabs, and Galveston. John Wayne's Hellfighters was partially filmed on Evergreen Road. And RoboCop 2, it was on Texas Avenue. Silk In Silkwood, the one with Meryl Streep and Cher, was shot with the Exxon backdrop on Ashby Street. And this is none other than right down the road from me in yeah. Baytown, Texas. I had, you know, I, God, I learned so much from all this because I never <laughs> even knew what Baytown was, man. And it's got eight bays around it. Hey, and it's pronounced San Jacinto. Yeah, you know that before. So if you guys before are going to give me crap about this stuff being pronounced in English. I'm going to give you crap. Hey, when it's hey before we won our Spanish, independence, okay? before we won our independence from Santa Ana, it was San Jacinto. Okay, uh, but San San Jacinto. I just wanted. I just want to make a good point that he did get one important name very correct, and that was John Wayne. So uh, all the stuff, all the stuff, well, yeah, and that Hellfighters was all about Red Adair and them. Oh uh, yeah, you know, yeah. So that was really Red cool. Adair. movie. If y'all never That's seen awesome. it, That's awesome. Hey, Texas, thanks for being in the house, y'all. Baytown, appreciate that, man. And so seven one three and the two one eight in the house. There you go. <laughs> all right, so guys, uh, we got a ton of content tonight. So, uh, like John Wayne always said, we're burning daylight here. So <laughs> let, let's get with it. For those hunters thinking about going solo, if guys, if they listen to last week's show, they know that solo archery elk hunting comes with its own unique aspects that can cause problems for somebody that's out there on their own. And we know some of this changes for our hunters using solo tactics with a partner or group. But so everyone knows this, this segment right here is this is going alone. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Tonight's goal is to cover those different aspects of the hunt that a solo hunter, El Solo, exactly. uno a uno. Solamente. Yeah, what they need to plan for and give them some ideas for building their plan to overcome those problems. We talked about the difficulties and benefits last week. Now we're going to talk about those ideas so guys can have a plan to overcome those difficulties. But just to be clear there, Joe, next week is when we're actually going to be talking about hunting and calling tactics, right? Yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. So, guys, what plans should, what we're talking about here is what plans should our guys and gals have in place in all these areas or aspects when going solo? Well, no doubt, Joe, you know, when you're, and I, I preach this about every, just about every segment, but when you're solo, safety has got to always be your number one priority. Absolutely, man. So these, and so what we're going to do, talk about first is um, having a plan that provides a safety net. And here's some of the ideas and stuff that we have for that. And I tell you, one, there, there's two huge areas when it comes to safety out there. One's navigation, the other one's communication. Those are huge. And and navigation, I tell I tell everybody, now there's multiple things. And I'll tell you this, I'm actually trying um, yeah, I, I got these apps on my phone right now. Um, 
just so that I can go out and experiment. I've got GAIA GPS. I've got base map. I've got hunt stand. I have Onyx on there. I mean, I'm actually going through all these guys just so that because I've always been with Onyx. That's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I've worked with. But I'm really trying to give these other ones the going over so that we can have uh, a true idea and give everybody a review on some of those different ones. Okay. Um, if you're if you're going to you you got to get one of these, man. <laughs> Whatever one that you guys like. But make sure in your safety net plan that you've got something either for solar charging or an additional U.S. power source, USB power source. And I tell you, it does not hurt to carry an additional GPS device. With you. That's right. Yeah. You got to have a backup. And a couple extra a batteries, you know, yep. for, you, for your GPS. Because, yeah. look, I mean, I've got a handheld Garmin, and if you keep it on all day, they're just about shot at the end of the day. Right. Absolutely. And and that's where we were talking about, too. Like w- when you do use your cell phone as a GPS, yep. put it in airplane mode, yep. turn off your Wi-Fi, yes. all that stuff. And that battery will last way, way longer doing that, es- especially if you're not doing any kind of tracking. If you're doing tracking and what tracking is, guys, you can actually on these, you can actually tell it to track your track, your trail yep. that you're taking. And it'll show you every place that you went while you're out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're real incredible. And the other area we talked about was communication. And what we mean by that, guys, if you're out there by yourself, a lot of times your cell phone is not going to have data. And that's where it, it's important to have something like a Garmin InReach or uh, the Spot. You know, th- those are two of the products that, that I know of um, as far as uh, – being able to communicate in an emergency situation they also have sat um, phone. what are the, what is that a sat phone yeah i have yeah. a unit in 8501 sat phone uh it's cheap the, they'll give you the phone if you pay for the minute how but light is that are, gilbert oh my gosh ounces okay i mean so even there's weigh an a option pound. a, a yeah, sat I mean, phone right there you bet and you. i think even personal beacons are another yeah. um you know mm-hmm. you're not able to communicate with them but uh, they are something to do. Now, when you're thinking about like the inReach or the spot, those are kind of the two uh, main ones out there. Um, I've, I, I've never used one, and I don't have a lot of information. I've looked at it. But I know, Luis, you checked these out recently, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, certainly, uh, Joe. Uh, and, and I'm just going to try to give a, a very high-level overview of, of both of them. So, um, look, uh, price-wise, just the equipment, just the actual device uh, for the Garmin, it's right around 350 bucks. The, the actual Spot Gen 3 um, it's about 150 bucks. Half the price. Yes, it's about half the price. Now, uh, here fundamental differences is the Garmin actually works with a smart, a smart satellite um, system. So uh-huh. meaning it doesn't matter where you are in the world, it goes, the signal goes up, hits the satellite. If that signal is not 
reachable to where it wants to go from the satellite goes to the next satellite yeah. until it finds uh, clearing to actually communicate to where it wants to go. Okay. So it's it's much more efficient as far as communicating from anywhere in the world. Now the spot Gen three actually goes up to the satellite, but it goes from that satellite straight down. It doesn't communicate with other satellites. So okay. there is always a possibility of the satellite not being able to not see the two skip, points yeah. that are trying to get communicated. Uh, so that's kind of the main difference. One of the, the Garmin, uh, they call that system the Global Iridium Network. Okay. And then the, the Spot Gen 3 is actually what they call the uh, Global Star Network. So, so those question, are the though. two. I, I have sorry? a question for you. When, yeah. You know, I always thought that when you bought those that you were good to go, that you could use them, but... Right. No. Um, no wish that it. was the case. So yeah, certainly no. they, you purchase the equipment. Now you have to kind of look at the, the options that you have for plants and data okay. plants. So they both offer... Uh, so, so the Garmin has more plants available than the spot gen 3 the spot gen 3 has only like a basic contract and a kind of a flexible plan okay. so the things to look out for obviously there there the, the main features of these are you can so another fundamental change and i'm sorry i'm a little bit over the place all over okay. the place but with the garmin you can it's a two-way communication device the spot gen 3 is a one-way communication device but that's not so, like a cell phone though it's not, it's, it's not. not, no, no, the Garmin is not. It's just simply, you can send a text and receive a text yeah. okay. on the spot. You can send a pre recorded text, okay. but it's not like you can elaborate you the text it. that you want to okay. send. Um, again, back to the plans. Uh, one of the things I would recommend when you look into the plans is keep a close eye on the annual fees. Okay. Also on the flexible plans, keep a close eye on the reactivation fees and activation fees. And also um, the response, the emergency response system that they use is called GEOS. It's a 24-7 response team. Okay. Uh, sometimes that subscription is separately and it ranges between one to two dollars, uh, I think, depending on the subscription. A week, but, a month, a day? Yeah, so uh, a month. A month, a month. okay. So right. most of the plans are uh, on a monthly basis. Obviously, what they do is they say, well, if you're not going to be subscribed for the whole year, then we are going to charge you for um, uh, reactivation fees and so on and so forth, yeah. and you have to have a minimum <clears throat> monthly. So I kind of ran the numbers high level, and what yeah. it looks like is that what makes sense if you, it's, it's, if you keep – uh, if you want to use the device for at least for m more than six months, mm -hmm. uh, then it makes sense to go with the entire full year program. But those yeah, are kind of the high level things. I, 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 I do it for, you know, I have the Global Star uh, Iridium. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only thing that I don't like about it, Joe, is it, the plans are horrible, right? right. And I just want to say that straight up. You're right. either going to buy you know, 750 to a thousand minutes or you ain't getting any and I don't need that many, you know? Yeah. So when I tell them, look, I only need about 350 minutes. They're like, well, you know, we'll cut your plan in half. 
this is after me being with them for five years. Well, you could yeah. cut my plan in half and, and you hadn't told me that. I mean, I've been paying a thousand. Well, so out of I, I know that these are a little different in that you can pay by the month for it and and it doesn't include minutes. It includes you so can many do that. texts you can, and stuff. You can but, do that too, but okay. you still have to sign the contract for the full year. So uh, by the time you're done, you're still going to pay for all the minutes. Oh, right? okay. That's so, yeah, so, so some of the things that they say with regards to the monthly is that, uh, you know, you, you can have a minimum of one month, but it's only like you can do a month at a time, meaning you probably cancel for just one month at a time. So it, the, the word of advice is it looks, it looks like it's a little complex as far as the fees are. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you do your homework and read the small letters, small yes. prints, yeah. because it's, it's, it's important to know that prior to and getting get expensive it. quick. I mean, I pay $1,200 a year for Do your mine. research, guys. Go out there and, and go. Uh, both of these products are on Amazon. Go look at the... Uh, Reviews. Um, go look at the reviews and, and make some judges on that. And again, these are two of those products that are basically communicating devices. There are beacon devices so that if you get in a spot and, and you're down, you can actually um, pop that beacon and get emergency yeah. help. So that's something that's to think about as well. Okay. One additional thing that the Garmin has is that it has the option to get weather information as well, yeah. but there's also and, a premium for it. And, that, and yeah. that's going to come up next on our, on our next plan, you know, is you guys got a plan for, if you're going to be by yourself, you got a plan to be ready for extreme weather. And no if you have some of the things that inform you about that weather, that helps a ton so that you're not caught out in it. And anytime you can get cell coverage, uh, and I think Onyx and a lot of these others will tell you, they'll give you forecasts as well of yeah. what the weather's looking like. Pay attention to that and be ready for it. You have to have a plan. And, and look, we're not somebody that uses fires at camp, but a fire in an extreme weather situation is essential a yeah. lot of times. If you find yourself that you're away from your base camp and you're out there uh, miles away from your base camp in some bad weather, you try to get in an area where you can stay warm, uh, make sure that you have a shelter of some kind. And, it, and that's why we, you know, we talk about going with camp on your back. And so if you have a, a bivy or if you have a tent uh, and you get caught in extreme weather, that can be critical because, guys, you have to have a plan to stay warm and dry. All right. And uh, so make sure that you think about those things. Make sure you think about your fire, your shelter, and your ability to be warm and dry in that. And I can tell you this, a lot of those quality sleeping bags, if you're wet in those and you get inside that while you're still warm with your clothes on and you get in a sleeping bag, a lot of those bags, as with your body heat, will Retain help it. you dry your clothes out. So mm. um, learn about things like that, okay? Yep. Um, the other thing as far as safety net, and Gilbert, I've never carried one of these. Um, I've never carried either one of them, but most of the time I'm with a partner somewhere. Um, we have communication going on, but I've yet to carry a sidearm and bear spray. And, but I tell you, I think if I was hunting and, and maybe it's just the perspective I get from everybody, cause I've never been there. But if I, if I'm up in Montana in those areas or, you know, um, Idaho, yeah, yes, there's certain Montana, country there that Wyoming. They got grizzlies and wolves. Yeah, you know. And look, those are hunters. They're the apex predator. You're in their house, and 
you can become the hunted really quick. Uh, I, look, nine times out of 10, you know, if you find me here, I got a weapon on me, you know, whether it be whether I'm hunting or whether I'm just out in public. You right. know, a couple, couple of things I would suggest uh, looking into is, you know, look at the rules and regulations of the area where you want to be. Uh, uh, yeah. Make sure that you're legal. Um, as far as uh, when you're carrying and uh, during the archery also because we are talking about solo archery hunting here yeah, guys right sir. and then the also um, make sure that uh, you, you really take a look at what your gun weighs uh, fully loaded <laughs> and uh, how heavy it gets and Does that, and come from that is, comf is it comfortable for you to carry it with you and sure. I tell you this uh, you know I'm speaking from experience here I actually uh, left my gun on day two and I can't because I just, you know, the weight on it, it was just kind of taking a toll on me. Well, one so, thing I was so. going to say is I don't like to have a sidearm or anything like that's just not right. me, but on me like that. But I tell you in a solo situation, just for emergency or anything, I would definitely think about a smaller oh, pistol to have yep. in my pack or something that Absolutely. doesn't take a whole lot of weight. Yeah. Right. You know, I'll carry a full size 23, 40 caliber. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can tell you this, partner, you get within 65, 70 yards of me, you're in trouble because I'm going to eat you alive. It's got 16 and another 16 with it. Um, yeah. It, you Is that a heavy gun? I don't care. You know, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I care, it don't weigh as much as my bow. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. I don't give right. a damn how much it weighs. If I'm in well, grizzly country or, you know, it, it don't bother me carrying it around here, you know. Right, so, right, I, right. But if you it, haven't bought one and you're thinking of, it, make sure you think about the weight and the size and all that stuff. Because <laughs> the higher you go in caliper, the, the, the heavier the gun gets, you know. Well, and and I'm thinking about, you know, emergency situation where <clears throat> I might have to use it not only – uh, I'm not thinking just defensive like that, but I'm thinking, what if you needed something um, to to help you out in a bad situation of getting food? You know, if something mm -hmm. happens to your 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 bow. Now, I feel very confident with my bow, um, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, uh, that that could just be something to help you out in a situation. Mm -hmm. it, it's hard to shoot three shots in the air with your bow and have somebody hear it. Well, you know, case <laughs> in point, my son and I, Logan, <clears throat> we were doing some scouting. <clears throat> and all I had was my 40 caliber. We, we didn't, he had his bow with him, I think maybe. And we were scouting around and we got in the middle of a pack of wild hogs and here in Texas, they're very dangerous animals. Right. They, okay. uh, you know, they eat everything they can get their, their mouths on, you know, right. including you, if they can knock you down and get you down. Right. Yeah. Um, so they got in tight on us and I told him, I said, look, I'm going to take the first one out, but I don't know how many are with it. But when I let this thing wolf, you're going to find out how many are here, right? So right. when I killed the first one at about 28 yards, uh, I killed six more rushing us, right? So, I mean, within feet of us. So Logan was freaked out. He's like, oh, my gosh, we'd have never been able to take care of business with a bow and arrow, you know. Uh, with, I mean, there must have been 30 of them, you know. So again, you just never know what you're going to get into. I was glad I had mine. Bear, bear spray is another option, like you have it there, uh, Joe. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's just sure. that the sidearm is more versatile. Bear spray is safer, I guess. It's lighter. It's easier to carry, and it's super effective. Um, for for what I hear, I've never had to use it. Thank God. But uh, sidearm sure is more versatile is right. because it's just not for repelling. 
Yeah. That bear spray is good. You know, when I was with the sheriff's department, we'd use OC spray a lot of times. But here in Texas, there's always a prevailing wind. So when you gas that stuff out and it just comes back and hits you right in the face like a shitty mop, I mean, it is no good, right? It'll knock you clean off your rear end. You know, it'll gag you out and you're spitting and, and sputtering your whole time. Same thing with the bear spray. I mean, you want to make sure that you got got the wind right when you deploy that stuff. Now, if you hunt like us, a lot of times you're going to be doing night hikes as well. And I think everybody knows that they got to have a quality headlamp and flash night. And Mm -hmm. and you got to have your backup batteries. We talk about all that. I think most people do that. I think one thing that I've learned over the years, though, if you're going to be by yourself and you're going to be doing those night hikes to get you some clear safety glasses. I mean, you can use them on your four-wheeler. You can use them different places. But, man, uh, and you don't want to be sunglasses because you're walking in the dark all right but yep. those clear safety glasses just to keep you from getting a stick sticking you in the eye yeah uh, when you're out there moving through the trees and stuff so uh that's something for you to think about and i would say last on our our list uh as far as your safety net is just your emergency needs your food and water your first aid stuff um extra glasses if you wear glasses uh you know um to have things in your truck that you might need. And you talk about this all the time, Gilbert, is if you don't have it on your person and you're only hunting a mile to three miles away from your mode of how you get there, sometimes it helps to have uh, some gear or kit in that so you can get back Mm -hmm. to that and and be able to have what you need as well okay i guarantee well, y'all have me an extra pair of boots in my mode of transportation <laughs> <In my Yes>. mode. <laughs> hey, something else i would add to that to that list there yo uh, joe would be um um look if if you medicine you know if, if you're right. somebody that Absolutely. needs medicine on a daily basis uh and just make sure you have a backup plan in there in case you get stranded out on the woods and you need it the next day. I mean, you don't want your situation to worsen. I'm going to throw a shout out to Corey Jacobson because he did a piece and I don't know if it was last year or the year before there, you know, they had a video when one of his buddies ended up sticking himself in the leg with a broadhead and that crap happens when you're far away. You're talking about an emergency situation. And one thing that they realized was they just did not have the things in their first aid kit that's always in the bottom of your pack it might be something that you don't need but once in a blue moon but you had better make sure it's the right stuff you know you can if you go and check that video out um go check out uh elk 101 uh look up Corey jacobson and look for that emergency kit he talks about some pole sutures they talk about some clotting pads and i think it is a dynamite thing there's no reason for anybody to rehash that that is um that is straight from a situation that occurred. So go check that out as well. Yeah. You know, also you said, you know, extra pair of eyeglasses, if you wear eyeglasses, but you guys that wear contact lenses, real easy to get a big chunk of dirt or a piece of, right. you know, pine needle or whatever in your contact lenses. I always have an extra a spare set of lenses in my backpack. Right. And a Absolutely. little bit of solution to, to wash it out with or you know something to you know get in my eye that can help wash my eye out it there was an there was an instance where we were you and I and Chav and and this is how fast this happens right we were taken off after a group of elk that had passed underneath us and we were going to try to beat them up to the top and we took off and I fell down and I fell right in the middle of a huge rock I mean it hit me right below the kneecap, right on the knee bone. And I'm telling you, 
I thought I broke my leg, man. I'm telling you, I was so mad at myself for not taking my time. I got in a hurry and got a stick between my leg, you know, between my feet and it tripped me and I fell down. Dude, I was mad cause I dropped my bow on the rocks and I was mad cause I fell down. Uh, I was really PO'd man. And, uh, and then I hurt my leg. So I'm like, man, now nah, I might've broke my leg. I'm up here in the middle of, I mean, really we are in the middle of nowhere and a long way to get back. So you guys just, man, don't get in a hurry. Take your time, especially in tough footing and stuff that, like that. And, that and, uh, point that you prepared. just made is I, I want to reiterate that yeah. for everything is that whatever you're doing, I don't care if you're gutting an animal. I don't care if you're hiking at night and you're going back to camp. I, in all of these different things that you're doing, you need to slow down and take a breath and don't rush. You start rushing when you're gutting an animal because you worry about it. You end up cutting yourself. Uh, you start rush, rushing to get back at night. You end up um, tripping over a rock and hitting your head on something. You be methodical, be purposeful, um, and you know, swallow any of those fears. And when you start to feel that, that fear rising on all of the stuff we're talking about, slow down yeah, okay yeah. very very good point yeah, for Next sure. and, up. and I'm, I'm sorry i was laughing there on the background it's just because i remember that story and then i remember the nickname you gave those kind of rocks so that's why i was kind of laughing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about that yeah, we won't but that's, that's, uh, we'll save that one for unleashed you need to write that down for unleashed, laughing, oh no that ain't even gonna make unleashed joe we got to leave that <laughs> on the bank uh, <laughs> all right next up Having a plan for maximizing your hunting opportunities, because we talk about how being by yourself, a lot of times it's difficult to really um, get in different hunting areas, to get to different places, to be able to understand where the animals are and maximize that. And we're just going to give you a quick one on here, man, because it's pretty basic and simple. Number one, have a base camp right? Whether, and, uh, and I like to do it with the truck, with a tent. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. If you've got a pull-up camper, well, good, man, that's awesome. If you have a pop-up, that's even awesome, right? But have that base camp. And then what you want to do is from there, you want to be able to use a mode of transport to get to different areas, whether that is an e-bike, whether it's a bike, whether it's um, a four-wheeler, whether it's an ATV, uh, whether it's a horse, you want that mode of transportation to get to other areas so that you can hunt from that spot where you have your mode of transport, you can hunt two to three miles from that, okay? Or you can hunt two yeah. to three miles from your base camp as well, okay? And when you're doing this, just so that we go right back up to what we were talking about that for your safety net and so that you maximize your hunting opportunities hunt with a second camp on your back, yeah. all right? Um, you should have, if you can have and you can afford one of those packs that are made for packing meat out, well, that's great. If you're not, man, there's ways of doing it with just the pack that you have on there as well, okay? You, uh, you can just strap that up the right way. Yeah, trust me, because I have hauled eight miles of meat on my shoulder, so... <laughs> having a backpack <laughs> yeah i i think i've told you guys about that time me and chav last day of the hunt 
last day we were leaving out. We said, we'll just get a morning hunt in, man. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up parked, the truck's loaded and we're parked and we go out uh, before daylight. We get out there, get in the middle of a herd, animals talking all around us. I end up going one way, Chav goes the other one. I call a small bull into 12 yards take that bull down. I'm screaming for Chad with the double bugles, double bugles. He finally shows up. I'm like, what? I got me a bull. He's like, really? Me too. Two bulls down. Yeah. We are one mile from our vehicle. Yeah. No pack, nothing, everything. Wow. And Man. we literally packed that, those quarters out on our shoulder back and forth. Wow. Oh, man, let me tell you. It's not easy. You know, a couple of years ago, I packed one of those hindquart or a shoulder out on my shoulder without anything. Man, I'm telling you, I about died. You know, I mean, no pack or anything like we were short packs at the time. We we aren't anymore. Uh, But at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it can make your life a whole lot more. miserable. You will find that animal digging into parts of your body that you never knew existed. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, exactly. You, you'll be one tired puppy when you get there. So right. uh, make sure you hunt with your camp on your back. Carry a hammock so yeah. that you can sleep out there during the day. They make these. I got one as a gift from Anano that was just, it's beautiful. It's lightweight. You know. It uh, straps hmm. up and uh, can sleep anywhere out there. Um, night bugle. And if you locate those animals out there, Stay with the herd. All right. You've got your camp with you. Yeah. And I got a letter from somebody that says, well, if you're going to sleep with the elk, how do you do it so that the animals don't smell you? Well, it's a great point. But remember, in the evening, yeah. at night, a lot of times things slow down. You don't necessarily, you can at night have a prevailing wind, but a lot of th- times it gets still. Cool air is falling. So make sure that you locate yourself down from the animals or you find a hole that you can be able to sleep down in so that your scent pool stays in it. Uh, or you get, if you're at a ridge that's, uh, you know, downwind from them, you kind of get off on the offside of that ridge just a little bit. But make sure that you're down from those animals, okay? Yeah. You can do this, and you can hear them screaming all night long, and, and you can be on those animals first thing in the morning. And the other thing I would tell you to maximize your hunting opportunities and Guys, we talk to people all the time about this. When you bump into other people, be friendly with other hunters and other camps you meet because those people are your best recon a lot of times. And you bet. Yeah. I, just, I, I was just telling you before the show, Joe, um, I had that experience uh, in public land here. I met, I met this gentleman called Eli Blackburn uh, out on the woods and super guy, you know, and uh, we just bumped into each other, shared information and uh, share exchange, uh, you know, phone numbers. And right. I told him, I said, hey, man, you know, I'm glad to know that there's somebody out here that uses the same um, app that I use that knows the place as well as I do. And I know there's somebody that I can call that uh, if I'm stranded, I'm in a, you know, emergency situation, he, he'll know where to find me because he's familiar with the areas, familiar as I am. So, right. Um, and he, you know, expressed the same thing. So pretty cool. Yeah. No, that, uh, that's your best bet, man. If, you know, I've always truly believe good things come to good people. And when you treat other people right, 
And not everybody's going to, you know, come back and, and be right by you. But that's not why you are good to people. Yeah, You're good to people right. because that's what you should be doing. Right. Okay. And if something happens out of that, that's, that's just a huge plus. So guys, another tough area. What do you think? Yeah, one of those I mean, other- another one is, you know, have a plan for gutting and breaking down your animal, you know, have it's a pack, out. you know, have, have a plan and have, have something in your pack to make it happen. Right. Be prepared to be successful. We actually had, remember we had a letter on, on this, uh, somebody asked about having to do this by, by themselves. And, you know, when you are processing an elk by yourself, it is a job. It's a job with two people. It's a job with three people. Right. Right. And I'll tell you guys that are listening. I've been doing the gutless system uh, before I even heard that there was a gutless system. Uh, I always found that there were, uh, there was really no reason to end up, you know, gutting an animal when I could get every bit of the meat off that critter that, that I need to get off from the outside in. So that really helps me. And, and when you skin that animal out, it helps you to keep things clean. Uh, if for myself, if I'm anywhere within uh, a half mile uh, to my mode of transportation or, and I've always been with buddies, if we're anywhere within a mile, a lot of times when I take those quarters off, I leave the skin on. Now, I heard, I've heard a lot of people say you never leave because the animal's got to cool off. Well, it depends on your temperature that you're out there. Yeah. It depends on your proximity to where you're at. But if I can keep that meat clean from dirt and clean from bacteria, it helps me when I go to do that skin in a camp and getting everything on ice right away so I don't have to worry about bacteria growing on that animal. Uh, if if bacteria is not on that meat, it is not going to grow, right? Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I do that. Uh, but again, we're very close in proximity. I think when we hunt with the six of us, we can have an animal done and back to camp in an hour. Oh yeah, you know. Mm, so absolutely. I mean, yeah, that bull you killed. I mean, when we got on him. We were we were out of there in thirty five minutes. Right, and for, yeah. and for those new hunters out there that have never had an opportunity to gut an elk or you know process an elk out on the field, uh, it is extreme work. This is really going to test your ability to, you know, um, uh, your physical conditioning because it's a lot of work. I'm telling you, I, it's uh, it can wear you out even with some help. Uh, honestly, my personal opinion, if I if I had a choice to hunt alone or hunt with uh you know friends i much rather hunt with friends just because you know uh, the hell? all the fun that goes with it but then the additional help is extremely helpful now if you tell me you can't hunt with friends you're going to hunt alone or don't hunt right well yeah i'm going to go hunt alone <laughs> but but yeah. yeah but it's it's just just keep in mind that this is no easy feat so that's why i got to step backwards because if these guys and we are talking solo here y'all so it, you are going to be by yourself so you've got to be able to break that animal down you want to get that meat off that animal off that bone as soon as possible get those quarters uh, to your mode of transportation, and and there's something that you know 
uh, we're going to talk about packing out meat care in our next step, but you just got to understand that you got to have that breakdown system. You got to have a kill kit with you and it's got to be purposeful. Um, it's got to have paracord in it. And I'll tell you, uh, that kill kit's going to have everything you need as far as your knives, your license, as far as your cleaning stuff. It's going to have any, your, if you wear rubber gloves, all your stuff that you're going to need to break down that animal properly, you're going to have to have your, your game bags. And I've had people that say, if you're going to use game bags, you use the washable uh, game bags rather than, uh, and, and I'll show you uh, an instance here in a few minutes when we talk about packing out. Um, but I would tell you, if you're going to be doing by yourself, that paracord and um, gets, Go online and look for something called a Cam Jam XT tie down. And what that is, is you can use it with a carabiner rope. You can tie it off on something. It'll let you, it'll act like a pulley, but when you pull on it, it has a gripper so that it helps to keep that tight. And if you're going to haul something up high and try to get it off of an animal and you're all by yourself, it can be a lifesaver. So yeah. you can get it both for rope or cord. Um, one is supposed to handle more weight than the other one, and you can get those so that uh, when you're working it, uh, it's going to be able to pull it, keep uh, a leg out of your way, and then as you're cutting away, you can bring it up even higher and even yeah. better, okay? And you better make sure because of uh, doing stuff at night that you have a really good LED headlamp, uh, your knives and your sharpener that you have for that. Because if, if you've ever worked an animal, I guarantee you. <laughs> Even the best knives are going to get dull. So you That's better have a sharpener with you. And look, guys, for me, I use a Havilon and a outdoor edge knife that has replaceable blades. Yes. Uh, one, it, it's a phenomenal knife. It stays sharp. And if it gets dull at all, you just pull the other blade. Make sure you have replaceable blades with it. But right. at the end of the day, you put you another blade on there and, and uh, get. And with they're it. they're both great. Um, it, it saves the, a lot the, of hard work. It I does, mean, and the there's only nothing it, like fighting a dull knife. It'll make oh, you make yeah. you scream the, bloody murder because it's a lot of work. The only yeah. advantage I see on the outdoor uh, knife, uh, the it, one you gave me, Joe, the, is the, just the, the easiness of replace uh, yeah. the, the the simple the system to replace the blades with whereas and the havlons you just have to be careful yeah. don't cut yourself replacing the havlons because well, it's and, challenging and i've had a problem myself with havlons breaking on me because they don't yeah. have that solid uh ridge insert like the outdoors one does right. so um yeah, I'm a fan i, I of would the tell outdoors. you guys yeah the outdoors one is really good and I, i'll tell you that if you're going to use uh, replaceable blades you better have something to put those sharp blades that you got done with and you better have a device um, you've got to have uh, some small pair of pliers or you know you get some of those uh, leatherman tools that open up those small right. ones that will help right. you grip those so that you don't end up remember safety near, so. is yeah. first safety yeah. is first and you have a little gerber tool that's a little leatherman tool that i put right. in my backpack you know that's you know, it don't weigh but a few ounces and it can act as a, you know, you can use it 
and I use it. And, and sometimes I'm guilty of trying to get in a hurry. And I'm like, look, man, the last thing you want to do is cut yourself way out. Here. And it's Absolutely. so easy to get in that mode, man. You're almost there, almost about to finish. And that's how usually when it happens, you're <laughs> yeah. so tired. You yeah. just want this little bit and you don't want to stop again for another, you know, minute or so to try. And, and that's when you start pushing harder. Up. And that's and when you get into trouble. And yeah, you, you got Manano sleeping on a pile of rocks, <laughs> barking orders at you and everything. Had to get that in there, Manano. Another good thing if you're using those replaceables is to take you just a little, one of those little rolls of uh, of duct tape so that yeah. when you take that old blade out, you can put it Heck on that yeah. duct tape and wrap it, man. So oh, that's a good idea. idea. Very yeah. good idea. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the next area that we just talked about that goes along with this, not only having a plan for breaking down an animal, but having a plan for packing out and meat care, because understand something, y'all, you can be the strongest human being in the world and say, look, I can get this animal out from six miles, but you have limiting factors for your choices of what you're going to do. And that is heat and time. Uh, once the temp gets over 40 degrees, if you're not able to keep that animal cooled off under 40 degrees, it is going to start to have bacteria growing on it. Yeah. All right. And you do not want to leave the animal. So, you know, Gilbert, what are some of the choices for somebody as far as packing out? Well, you know, if you're going at it alone, uh, there are services out there that you can, you, you look them up, uh, use packing services, you make a deal with your other campers that are around you, you try to get you some help. You know, yeah, um, right. I mean, if you're going to go it alone, you know, uh, it, it's, it's really important to have a plan to get your meat back to camp and get it on ice or get it cooled down. There's definitely guys who do packing services, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, I have stopped what I'm doing in a hunt to help out another hunter. Yeah. And I've, and on the opposite, I've had people, man, that came to my rescue with four wheelers when I didn't have one, they were like, you got an animal down. Where are you? We'll go help you. Yeah. And, you know, give them a quarter, man. I mean, uh, share the wealth, you know, these yeah. guys help you out, you know, tell them, you know, I appreciate it, but here, this is yours take that you know thank you for your yeah, and the majority of the people won't even accept it they just want exactly. to do it because that's the nature of hunters out there right, right. but Absolutely. still i mean offering it is this is the cordial thing to do and, and and show of appreciation for sure now if you are going to do it by yourself that's why i tell you a limiting factor is to hunt within a mile to three miles from your mode of transportation if it's hot you better not go any further than two Right. I'm, I mean, it to get that animal, once you get that meat off and start getting cooled down, and then to get it packed to your vehicle and back and trying to get that work and cool off, you are limited in your time. So that is really a consideration. And also, that's where, that's where a, a hauling pack comes in. Real oh, man. Joe, you know, Absolutely. It's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> also, Joe, real quick, uh, just keep an eye out for shadow. Uh, uh, or I'm sorry, shade. shade yeah. Uh, and, and when you, when you actually, you know, cut the quarters and stuff like that, make sure you find good shade to put the quarters in that way. It doesn't expedite the process of the, the, the I meat know in hot. New Mexico, there's 10 degrees difference. Yes. Easy. 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 From sunlight to shade. 
easy, man. Maybe even more yep. depending on the the wind and the, you know, the, the direction of the wind. If you got a good North wind blowing at, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour, it can be, you know, 10 to 15 degrees difference. You know, last year, Joe, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of places to drag your elk, you know, they're just, and they're huge. I mean, but if you can get him to where, you know, you you see where the sunlight is and where the shadows are and you can get him in some shade, he's going to be a whole lot better you know, for if you need to go get your gear and bring him back or, or whatever it is, go get your mode of transportation, uh, go get some help. I mean, if you can get him in the shade, that's a big deal. Yeah. And if you do, I mean, in that plan, if you're in an area that has cell coverage and you've been managed to give, you know, that you can contact somebody or if you're using an inReach. And uh, I know Chad Hashin did this last year. He popped me from his uh, inReach his exact location where he was at when he killed his bull. Mm -hmm. And you can do that. You can email that. Uh, you can message it right. to somebody. And if you've got partners out there that you can pop that out to, they know it's there. You guys ha already have messages that I'm on my way. I'm heading to camp. I'm this far out. Uh, you know, be able to communicate like that is huge. So really pay attention. Take a, You can get all the coverage maps that you yeah. can find for different things. But understand when you're <laughs> down in a canyon, that coverage map is not the same. Mm -hmm. All right. So there's things for you to think about. Now, if you're using a satellite device like an inReach, it's going up and you got to be out of the trees. You got to yeah. get your best position to be able to do that. But you're absolutely right. The hauling pack comes in huge with that. Um, hiking poles, oh, y'all. Yes. If you're solo... <laughs> Yeah. Look, even I mean, if you we weren't were group last year, brother, and the way we had to haul that elk off my elk off that mountain, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, going down that steep bank yep. and everything, uh, man, and going to have to the top. four points at you know is it? Yeah. It can be a lifesaver. It can keep you again safe and from falling down and hurting yourself and I breaking an a leg. Cedar, I had an old cedar or Bodark post that I was using. And I'm telling you, things saved my life several times because, you know, you get so tired. You got a 200 pound quarter <clears throat> on your back, you know, a uh, hind quarter and you get going in one direction, brother. <laughs> it's Katie bar the door. You just going to keep right on rolling. <laughs> you know, so and one time I even saw you sit down. Right. Yes, I mean, sir. you were going too, and you just sat straight down. Exactly. You know? yep. And that's, that's something a lot of people don't realize is that if you feel yourself losing your balance, yeah. sit your butt down, yeah. let your legs go straight down rather than falling forward with that weight on your back and yeah. end up something poking you in the eye and the chest or something, just sit straight down where your feet are right there. Uh, that, that could be huge to help you. And that's where that clear eye protection too like we were talking about before because uh, I, I don't know if you've ever done this when you're packing and you got your head down if you're wearing your cap you yeah. don't see crap up above uh -huh. your head there especially at night yeah and next thing you know something's poking you in the face or poking you, you in the eye um and because and of the because of the uh, because of last year's um gilbert's um elk kill and us packing all that out at night right. i went ahead and got me some some hiking poles to y'all's point you know they sell some of the very light ones and retractable ones and right. what i've done is actually strapped it to the the pack to right. the to the um the carry yeah, the pack. freight pack right yeah the freight pack that way 
it's the two are together and i know if i'm using that pack i have the pole right with it and i can use it for the for the pack out well not only you know if you guys are hunting solo and you're going up a hill and and you're hunting you know and you can uh you're going from one area to the other uh and it's a it's a tough section either uphill or downhill yeah, Man, I'd rock. strap my pack to my backpack, and I'd I'd be safe going down. So I don't end up messing up my bow or messing myself up going down or up on something that's a little bit hairy. Uh, real, be real particular about where you go. Okay, and I, I would tell you another thing um, for for a plan of packing out is uh, you've got to be consistent and and know like where you're putting your gear, your knives and different things uh, when you're doing this so that when you go to pick everything up, it's not scattered all over the place. And guys, don't buy camouflage any friggin' thing. Don't Bright orange. <laughs> you, yeah, this you color know, right here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your knife make it bright orange, you know. Uh, uh, if, uh, you know, if you range finders usually are black and sometimes those can be but don't get the camouflage range finder i did (laughs) somebody's gonna find it camouflage wallet camouflage binos that's it's it's all recipe for disaster i'm I'm Mm -hmm. just telling you as far as that goes and um and we'll talk about that area a little bit more but there's one other thing i wanted to talk about too and that's if you're going alone um, except for like, if you're having to go and pack meat from there to, you know, a mile out to your vehicle or two miles out, I recommend uh, a lot of times leaving your gear for the lightest, smallest stuff and taking the heaviest stuff first. first. And if you, if you leave your gear back, except for if you're having a pistol, you want that with you. All right. And if you leave your gear back there with the lighter stuff and you stash it and sometimes reflective tacks are really good things, especially if you're doing a night haul on that so that uh, when you're coming back, you can catch those with your flashlight. Uh, But if you do that, uh, your gear gives you a reason to get back. (laughs) And when you get there, you're you're doing the light part and and you're like, Oh man, last trip out. And it kind of feels good. And, Mm -hmm. And the thing is, um, you know, the other thing is, is when you are going back, you got to make a lot of noise anytime you're coming back to your meet, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm going to show you guys a, a picture here. This came from a buddy of ours, Chad Hashin, sent sent this <clears throat> to us, and uh, it's uh, this photo. Everybody should be able to see it. You take a look at this. Chad Hashin had hung his meat. In fact, he sent a letter to and said, after my first trip to the truck and back, a bear had torn into the two rear quarters out of the tree and ripped into them. The yellow jackets were also going to town on the meat that had been exposed and burring into other parts of the quarter. I took the two shoulders out and came back for what was my last trip and actually had to run the bear off. I I took a few shots from my pistol. Uh, He shot uh, not at the animal, but around him to spook him off before he decided to wander off. My question, and he had a question from this, and it, I'm going to zoom into this, and you can see. Oh man, you can you can see where. Uh, yeah, the back marks are. Yeah, you can jackets. actually see where the where this uh, 
the bees are right in there. That you oh, know what yeah. those yellow jackets do, guys? They have no, no fear no. of humans. <laughs> Heck no. They'll they'll cut a piece of meat off of you just as well as they'll cut a piece of meat off that elk meat. Look at the holes that they yeah. burrowed into that. Oh yeah. So he had a question. He said, my question is, if you guys have ever used or know of any tricks to keep predators away from quarters while packing out. And, and I'll tell you, I've been on a, on a low hunt where I by myself up in the Pecos wilderness where I had to get uh, an elk out. And I was really worried about that because I was so far from camp. So, you know, I just think about the things that actually scare bears and, and I try to do that. So what I do is I actually, I, I kind of piss a circle around the area uh, where my animal is. And uh, I'll, if, if I've been working the animal and I carry, and I've got my camp on my back, that means I've got a, a spare shirt or, or spare underclothes on, in there. Uh, I'll take off my sweaty one and I'll hang it up there so that, that scent from my sweat gets around. And a good thing if you're going on your own, and it comes in handy for a lot of things, is to fold up foil into a flat square, okay? And if you get an animal, you can take your marking tape, you can tie that off, and what you do is you open that foil up and you tie onto a little corner of it so that it just kind of flaps around in any kind of breeze at all. So just it to makes create... for a poor boy scarecrow. Yeah. yeah ex exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of some of the things that if I could uh, – answer Chad's question that I've uh, question that I've done. You guys have any ideas? Yeah, I've heard of some guys, they take a, a water bottle or a, a bottle uh, that's secure and they pour bleach in it and they put it in their pack and okay. then they'll, they'll pour that bleach around where their meat is, you know, and when they hit that scent, scent line of that bleach, man, that's really, you know, offensive to a predator. So uh, they usually won't, won't go around it. Plus it masks the smell of the meat as well. Uh, once it's uh, deployed. So I don't know if I'd want to carry around it, you know, a, uh, a bottle full of bleach with me or something like that. Of course, I'm not hunting in Alaska or Montana or, or something like that. But where we hunt, they're black bears. And those rascals are like big raccoons. If you let them get around to kill, they're going to get on it, you know. Right. Um, they don't la it don't last long. I can tell you that. The strong survive out there. And when they smell it down, they're coming to get it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've – I've walked in on, you know, my kill the day, day after, and there's a bear on it already. So, uh, yeah, you got to be real careful. On a bear at Joe's kill last year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, another area guys of, of difficulty that we talk about that you're going to experience, um, shoot guys in groups experience this, you know, sometimes, and, and it, it's not necessarily because, they're not with people as they're not at home. They're not with their kids or something like that, but you got to have a plan sometimes to beat the loneliness out there. Uh, because like I said, the difficult part is you are alone. And in these survival shows, it's not the survival part that people mess up with. It's the mental part. It's the mental part, man. It's yeah. just, it's just beaten. Um, <laughs> those fears and, and, and those voices in their head. So, uh, I don't know if, if you're someplace by yourself, guys, what's some ideas you'd have for beating that, that feeling of loneliness? 
we'll definitely staying in touch with if you can get a text or you can get it, you know, on social media or whatever it may be, whether it's your Instagram page, Facebook, um, I don't do Twitter. So uh, <laughs> anything like that can help you share the adventure with your loved ones uh, and stay in contact with people as well to kind of help you with, you know, fighting, being lonely out there. And uh, Sometimes taking the time to, do a little prayer and stuff like that and just yeah, kind of reflection. take in take in the uh, nature and stuff like that and just think about you know the wonders that surround you and and just be appreciative and thankful um yeah. that kind of you know fills the soul i'm i'm kind yeah, of for a, years i read my bible joe i mean all right you know for years i read my bible when i was deer hunting or stuff i've I read the whole chapter of revelations and in a, in a full deer season sitting up. Well, I was going to tell people to read a good book or, you know, cause you can have it yeah. right on your phone, but uh, yeah. you took it to the good book, right? Absolutely. <laughs> took it to the good book. Yeah. yeah the, uh, most all the chapters in the Bible I've read, uh-huh. um, they've all been through hunting seasons. So right. uh, it's a book that, you know, I try to live up to and live through. Uh, I fall short of many days, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's a book that, you know, man, it can cure a whole lot of problems if you allow it to let it in. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I used to do this early on because when I was away from my family, I know that that was hard on them. And sometimes I would keep a, a, a daily journal of yeah. what was going on. I, I know, Luis, you do this. He does, uh, for sure. He, he does a pretty major journal that he writes at night. And, you know, I would um, write letters uh, to family members or just stories to them of what was going on and my thoughts and stuff. And in doing that, it was almost like they were there sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and that kind of helped out. And I'm a social person. So, uh, if I bumped into other hunters and, yeah. and, and there was a hunter's camp around, you know, <laughs> uh, shoot, I'd make that 400 yard walk or half mile walk. Yeah. Especially if I smelled what they got cooking, yeah. like the rock. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a mooch, man. They got something yeah. good. It's better than peanut butter and jelly. Right? Yeah. If you if you <laughs> let me tell you fellas something. If you stumble on the Venezuelan mafia and they're cooking, I guarantee you not only are they gonna have enough, it's gonna be good. And I tell you what, <laughs> nobody shows up to our camp that they do not get offered a plate. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> so that's right. Yeah, that's that's plenty for that's everybody. Right. Yeah. And I, I'll yeah, tell catch you, us if you can. <laughs> <laughs> we're hiding we're hiding man yeah. so you got to find us yeah. uh and i'll tell you one thing that that really works well for me i do this when i have a lot of windshield time like gilbert calls it there is that if i have a project or a problem that i'm trying to figure out i i do all of my constructing all my step by step all my back where i i play that chess game of where I'm going to go and what the pros and cons are and what I could do better. I I can actually work out a project or, or help myself out with a problem um, in, in that spare time and and get a lot of it worked out. So uh, that helps out as far as for me. You bet. Um, Yeah. You know, I, I think for me, um, most of the time, to, you know, we don't get to ha- have to beat the boredom, but I hunt sometimes by myself, mm-hmm. uh, and I enjoy it, man. I enjoy the quiet time to myself to reflect, uh, especially when I'm bow hunting, uh, reflect on what God's given us and, and the blessings that I have to be able to do that, live in a country where we can still do those kinds of things. Um, uh, so it's, uh, that, for me, 
being able to reflect on things like that. And then, I, you know, I love what Luis does and jotting it down in the journal. You yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to start you, doing more of that. I've been on a 10-day solo hunt. About day seven, man, I, I tell you, I mean, <laughs> yeah, all, all that beauty Lands and in. all that honor. I mean, that day seven starts to wear on you sometimes, man. Yeah, when you, you, you haven't heard yeah, another you, voice. You're looking for Wilson. Where's my ball? <laughs> <laughs> uh, another area of difficulty I want to cook because we're getting close to our time here is a, we don't have guys to remind us about our gear, man. And I tell you, I've yeah. lost so many grunt tubes over the years. You guys have lost <laughs> range finders. People have lost binos. And, and I'll tell you, um, develop a plan, develop a routine to help you prevent that equipment loss and you know you heard me and chap talk about it on a previous podcast that we have a pat down ritual man when i stand up i i'm, I'm going grunt yeah. tube binos yeah. calls uh, you know uh, I'm, I'm patting all my but pockets just so everybody knows it does not work very well for him <laughs> <laughs> he needs the redundancy factor. Oh, Manano so, and I are picking up his stuff after he leaves that's because you guys distract me so much yeah, if, okay yeah have you two boys arguing back there it's behind you like oh it's my like traveling God, with Laurel and Hardy man oh I'm, my I'm serious. And Jeff, man. I mean, Jeff, no doubt. But we saved the day and bring whatever he left behind back to him. The no doubt <laughs> Venezuelan odd couple. <laughs> so, guys, make sure you have a pat-down ritual or designated locations for your equipment. Where is your grunt tube going to be on your body? Where are your calls yes. located? Are they in the left pocket all the time? Is your yes. wind indicator in the right pocket? Is your knife located in a flap on the left side in your pack? Are your binos, yes. is that going to be in the right pocket on the on the side of your pack? Your phone, is that on a zip on your chest? Your GPS, mm -hmm. if it's not your phone, know where those are. Have designated locations for gear where it's placed in your pack so that you're not yeah. wasting time searching for something you know exactly where it's going to be if you have to unpack and pack your pack and, each time do it yeah you're going to say something sucks good? yeah for bow hunters especially mm -hmm. when you're done with your hunt or you're putting your bow up put your release on your wrist strap of your bow right. always it'll never be uh, separate from your bow. If you'll put it on that bow somewhere, I don't care if it's on the limb or if you'll put, I put mine on my wrist strap before I put it in my case or whatever. That way I never, and I'm telling you boys, I've been hunting many, many days. Ask me how I know that I had to do this early on because you, those, those releases are expensive and you don't want to be buying several of them. I haven't lost a release. I'm going to knock on wood here in a very long time, 15, 15, I've been using the same release for almost 15 years. And at the end of the day, it's because I keep it with my bow all the time. And it it's not about just losing it. It's about forgetting it. Yeah, right. yeah right. exactly. So I wear a shooting it. glove. I, I wear a leather shooting glove and it's always strapped onto my bow, yeah. you know. And I, I have an extra release in my pack. In your pack, you know? right. Yeah. So it's just important, man. I mean, designate where things are going to be. I mean, even 
where you keep stuff in your tent, where your shoes are going to be, where your morning stuff's going to be, where your clothes are going to be, so that you know where things are. And like we That's talked right. about, your knives and stuff during your kill. So just develop routines. And if you do that over and over, it, it and it makes sense to you, you'll you'll know where your equipment is and will help you from having to rebuy some of that stuff. Okay. That's right. And speaking of buying, um, you know, costs are a big part of this. That's a difficulty with going alone. So, and, yeah. and I'm going to tell you guys here, develop a plan to, to help you with those hunt costs. And, and one of those is number one, hunt with what you have, That's right? Uh, if you can augment it, great. Um, uh, but hunt with you have, if, if you need to augment, doesn't mean you always have to buy things. You can That's borrow. Right. I mean, borrow, you can go to yard sales, mm -hmm. you know, you can, you can hunt these forums, you know, uh, Facebook marketplace. I mean, uh, camo fire, there's all kind of bargain bin and Cabela's. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to try to find, save some money. eBay, uh, you know, well, and if, if, if you do, if you do go on Instagram, a lot of times you can find, um, uh, codes, you can get, you know, codes to be able to, uh, get a better price on it. They're discount codes that a lot of yeah. times guys are advertising on there. And that's one reason to go in there and, and kind of check out what's happening in the community so that that can help you out. The Facebook marketplace is also pretty good. That, uh, camo yeah. fire. Um, yeah. if you, you know, you've got to find the right product at the, at the right time, but sometimes it can really help you with some things. And oh, yeah. these... I, I bought, uh, I don't know, six, knock, uh, six eye scopes on it. One time they were 50% off. I mean, sure. It was crazy. The, the stuff that I found on camo fire, it's a really cool site. And I, I think the, the last thing I'm actually going to probably, I'll post all of this for this particular plan. I'm going to make sure that we have that um, in our description on, uh, on this show. But, you know, we talked about the conditioning that it takes. And you got to have a plan for conditioning. And, and, guys, that does not mean that you have to have a gym subscription. If you do and you want to go there and you want to be with people that help you work out, well, that's great. Uh, but I'm kind of the type of person that I'm – because of things that have happened in my life, I have to use more body weight things. And you can use body weight stuff and do things to put yourself in an actual type situation as much yeah. as possible to get yourself ready. And Gilbert, you've heard me say this a lot of times. You know, if somebody's going to swim the English Channel, do buddy, they swim. better be swimming, right? Yep. Right? And so if you're going to hunt elk, you had better, better be walking, walking and hiking. Yep. And you know, that's going to help you make sure that your foot gear is good. It's going to get all kinds of things. Uh, it's going to, you're going to be ready for that exact thing. And you can pick different places to hike it where the footing's not so good, where you got to step over things, you know, try to make it as close to an actual situation as possible. Or on those days, just hike far, man. Just put a podcast on, listen to Elk Bros if you want yeah. to. Put a podcast a on it. Yeah, and just go. And guys, for just starting out, man, you know, my routine starting out when I'm training, you know, I'll, I'll start off one week doing two miles, and then the next week I go to three, two and a half, then the following week I go to three, and I'll get up to six, six, seven miles, you know. Right. And, uh, but you want to be at your peak. And look, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little older. Luis will tell you that I'm getting a little longer in tooth. And, uh, and believe me, so is he. 
at oh, the end don't of the need day. To say it, it shows. <laughs> <laughs> at the at the end of the day, my my joints can't take the pounding like they used to. So running and stuff like that's just really not a, not something that I can do at a sustained time. So without creating more injuries for yourself, so when you get in the woods, you're hurting. Uh, you need to understand that low impact stuff is just as good as the high impact. It stuff absolutely is. is, and especially if you do some things like I said that just reproduce what you're going to be doing out there so that your body's yeah. wait for it. And I, I, I kind of say that there's certain areas of importance to work. And I'm going to tell you, there's ways to do it without a single bit of weight, man. Yeah. Uh, I, those areas to work are your core, your legs, your back, your shoulders. Yes. All right. Now you don't hear me talking about arms because a lot of guys will do that anyway in a lot of things every day, mm-hmm. but it's those things that we don't do every day. Cause you get a pack on and you start carrying that bow for miles, man, you're going to yeah. feel it in those shoulders, right? For, in your, in your lower back. Yes, your sir. Lower back will yep. really let you know what in the world are you doing here? You ain't been doing this all the time. Uh, So carrying that pack once or twice a week with you, it conditions that lower back to having that pack. Make sure you have a solid foundation of cardio. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to give you guys absolutely cardio, man. And you can get that cardio. And I'm going to tell you, uh, you can do it running. But like Gilbert said, low impact stuff where you're doing high intensity, going up steep hills to get yourself breathing hard. Where you're going hard for 10 seconds to 20 seconds. Get those and, hard beats at 150, well, depending on your age, of yeah, course, yeah. but 150 or so in my case. It's got to be above keep, 150, actually. Yeah, and, and, and consult and with your doctors. Yeah. You know, consult with your doctors on your right. plan. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of guys are taking blood thinners and this, that, and the other. I mean, consult with your doctors. Let them know what you're doing. They'll help you formulate a real good plan yes. of, uh, of you being safe while you're doing it. Guys, as a coach, man, I, I, some of these I take for granted, but I'm going to give you just some names of some exercises, and you can look them up. Um, maybe I'll put something together so that you that uh, um, that you be able to see this. But like when I talk about the areas of importance, like your core, I'll tell you the best thing you can do for core is planks. Oh yeah, push-ups. Uh, burpees is an incredible all around exercise. It is so difficult. The older you get, mm-hmm. longer in the I day hate you them. get, right? Yeah, uh, I hate them. Yeah, but they, they work every part of the body, man. Yeah. They really do. They, 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 I think the best overall exercise you can do is a push up and a burpee. All right. Yeah. But for the core, like I said, planks. And what I mean by planks, that's where you're keeping the body stiff. Uh, where you're doing it from the front in a push-up position, where you're doing it from the back, keeping your hips up, and on your sides. That works yeah. all of that core strength in there. So planks is the word that I'm using there, front, back, sides. Uh, for the legs, body squats. Uh, that's yeah, just all body, body weight. weight. Yeah. Your own body weight, man. Um, step-ups, uh, where you're stepping up onto something and then back down off of it. Lunges. Uh, look up that word lunges. It's just where we're doing a step out and you're really, I tell you what, you'll have the sorest butt ever after doing yeah, lunges. Yeah, I hate uh, those. <laughs> do stairs and stairs. Guys are gonna, don't like leg workouts. I can tell you. <laughs> stairs are going to help your cardio. And yeah. and I'll tell you for all this, there's just little hip flexor exercises um, that you can do. Look up hip flexor exercises because when you start walking, that's generally where you're going to really start to feel some of that pain too because a lot of guys do not prepare their hip flexors on there. Right. For your back, the word is supermans. 
Look up Supermans. Yeah. Good mornings. Look yeah. those up. Good mornings is basically like you're bowing to the sun. Your butt goes back. Yeah. You got your feet wide. As your butt goes back, you're going down with a good straight back, almost parallel and back up, and the butt comes back in. Bridges are incredible and a real difficult one. Look up dolphin kicks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one for you. For your shoulders, when I'm walking, listening to a podcast, I do my shoulder workout. And when I do my shoulder workout, I do shadow boxing. Yeah. Each time that one hand goes out and the other one comes back in, that's one. And I'll start out doing 50 of those to where I'm doing 100. You talk about a shoulder workout? Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, those puppies get sore when you do that. Um, side raises, going out to the side and front raises. And you don't have to bring them over your head. Uh, you, When you're doing shoulder stuff, you don't want to tear things up. <coughs> and just going even with the shoulder is enough. Down and up. Okay? Uh, same thing that we do with thing called bottle caps. And bottle caps, you've just got your your hands just like you got a, a bottle of ketchup in your hands just right here or like you're getting ready to steer a tank or something right here. And all you do is you keep those arms even like you're trying to pour the ketchup out of the bottle just like that. You work those bottle caps. You can even do these to the outside, and that's going to work that rotator cuff in there. And then something that my neighbors see me doing, they think I am absolutely goofy man is because i do air swimming the best shoulders that i had was as, as a kid was when i was surfing because i was constantly bringing arms over going back and coming over the top and just that action works all of that rotator in there if you start to get sore to where you're losing form uh and you're feeling something there it's you're you've gone far enough you do not want to overdo it on yep. those because shoulder is a delicate area okay that's right oh and i was going to tell you guys work the most important muscle that's the one between the ears all right <laughs> every day every that can, day that can get you through when nothing else can and i was going to say too like i said earlier i believe in doing things as close to an actual situation hike with weight in a pack anything you guys do yeah i hunt with a, a hike with weight in my pack and then I always walk with a heavy, uh, it's like a stick that I found. It's mm -hmm. actually one of those uh, clothes rods, right, that goes across your closet that you hang your clothes on. It's heavy. It mimics my bow. Uh, I, I'm carrying my bow all the time, so I have it in my hand when I'm walking. That way, I, I've always got something in my hand, and, uh, you know, you're, you're used to carrying that bow around because the first thing most guys say when they get back – Number one, lower back's hurting, and oh my God, I didn't know my bow weighed so much, <laughs> you know, because they've been carrying it around all day in their hand. I I go to public land, Joe, um, at least once a month, even if it's just for one day, but I try to, you know, I, I'm, I'm geared up as if I was elk hunting, and I'm out in the woods walking through thick stuff, uh, and I can put easily put uh, up to five miles in one day through thick stuff. So that's, I mean, that's as real as it gets for me. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. You actually, that's on the job training right there, bro. So that's, uh, <laughs> I had myself muted out that time. I had to cough. <laughs> Not a problem, man. Well, you sound a lot better last week. You had a lot more of a cough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm good now. I'm good to go. Um, shooting with your gear, man, shooting oh, with your gear yeah. on and after doing short sprints or anything to get that, that heart rate up, 
uh, you want to do that. Um, you can do rope pulls where you get leather gloves on, get something on the end of a rope and start pulling that baby in just like yeah. that, man, just to help when you're working meat, when you're mm -hmm. starting to do stuff like that. Steep inclines with weight, just getting yeah. up that incline, man. You look at the top of it and go, and you're going to be huffing at the top of it, but it's going to be good for you. And I'll tell you another good thing, especially if you're calling elk, do that after exertion. Try to yeah. do a nice sweet cow call. Not a yeah, bugle, try to get those cow point. calls out, okay? So, uh, guys, we covered a ton of stuff. Yeah, tonight, man. a ton of content, yep. as usual. Yep. Next week, solo hunting and calling strategies, guys. That right there, I can't wait to see because they're going to get some of the best uh, solo hunting and calling strategies. I mean, that's the meat and potatoes of what we're doing. You know, we're getting guys ready, and then we're going to get them to bring them in and get them, get them to uh, come to the table and, and then let one fly, Joe. Uh, yep. It's fantastic stuff. Guys, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and review. You have to go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes to review us. Those five-star reviews are fantastic, you know, and you can all check out more elk hunting content at elkbros.com. And a reminder, too, to our listeners, if you'd like a question answered on our show, just send your question to info at elkbros.com. That's info at elkbros.com. And, and, gear is on the site as well if you want to wear yes. some swag Luis loves it so much he wears it backwards <laughs> he wears it backwards hey no doubt well you know guys i, I appreciate all of y'all's uh input today Luis. uh continue blessings there in katy texas joe take care of your family you all of our listeners Continue, out there brother. stay safe stay healthy and uh practice good hygiene i would tell my husbands to kiss their wives and wives kiss their husband but husbands fist bump your wives wives fist bump your husbands <laughs> keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry uh, and we'll see you next week right here on blue collar elk peace peace you guys <laughs> <laughs>